Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. I am an exercise physiologist and a sports nutritionist and a competitive bodybuilder. I'm Rob Fortress Fortney. I'm a former editor at Muscle Mag International, former competitive bodybuilder and powerlifter. Yeah, this is Phil Stevens. I'm a, a strength athlete in powerlifting, Highland Games, a coach and a founder of LiftForHope.org and StrengthGuild.com. And this is John Mike, a doctorate student in ex-phys, hopefully be a candidate, doctorate candidate next week. And uh, strength right, coach, right and uh, just a nice guy. Yeah, we'll be calling you doctor. Uh, well, sort of, yeah, candidate, but uh, got another year or so, should be finished. Yeah, okay. And then joining us today, we got Carl Geisler. Um, Carl, to give you a bit of a rundown in his background, he's an athlete, um, has his BS in kinesiology from University of Illinois, he's USA track and field level one and level two jump sprint and hurdles coach, um, a USA track and field level one instructor, 16 years of coaching athletes, a gym owner, and has been in the manufacturing representation field for over 12 years, um, four-plus years as regional sales manager for Gill Athletic and Porter Athletics. Carl, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you. Uh, I guess the, the latest little tag is as of uh, two months ago, I assumed our brand sales management for PowerMax. Ah. which is our, our strength and conditioning equipment line, and uh, hopefully the, the, the entry into this uh, this fine discussion uh, <laughs> in everybody else's background. I, I, I know I'm probably painfully small and uh, painfully undereducated. Oh. So I, I hope to contribute today. Oh, I'm sure. No, I, I actually ran into Carl when I was uh, ordering some new equipment myself. We got to talk and found we have a ton of friends in common, um, like Dan John and John Godina and stuff like that. And just I knew we had never had anybody from his side of the fitness industry on the show, and I thought it would be interesting to, to bring Carl on and talk um, to get kind of the equipment side of it, you know, somebody from that side of the industry. And uh, before we get into that, I want to, you know, kind of talk about you a bit. Um, briefly touched on your background in the intro, but tell us how you went from, you know, a coach, athlete, and, and whatnot, and how you got into the manufacturing and sales field. Yeah, it, it's actually a. It, it, sadly, it, it might be a real common story, especially if you're wanting to pursue, uh, you know, an Olympic sports uh, passion. Um, I was coaching in Champaign, Illinois. I was working on my masters, and so I had taken up uh, coaching uh, a little a track at. Uh, Parkland Community College. Well, that was a part-time job. Um, so then I'm, I was working at that time in a run specialty store. Uh, I was working part-time in the in the college's foundation department, and I was teaching a class. So you know, kind of kind of scraping by. Um, <clears throat> about midway through uh, the year that I stumbled into the job here. My position at the foundation was cut. That represented about 20 hours a week of work. So I had a little extra time. So one day I was, I 
was over Gill Athletics at that time. Gill Track and Field uh, was fat, you know housed in Urbana, Illinois. So I had gone over and had met the at that time the CEO and the the VP of Sales. I'd met them at a clinic, and I was setting up the VP of Sales for some free parts, you know, to help fix a set of starting blocks. And he kind of looked at me and goes, "Gee, do you need a job?" And next thing I know, I'm, you know, turning in a resume. And at that time, they were just starting to expand, uh, kind of coming out of uh, some of the, you know, mid-90s. And they basically stuck me on a phone and, and gave me the opportunity. Um, so it's not a glorious story, but, you know, coming out of having a passion for, for track and field and, Really, you know, you you sort of read in the papers, you know, even uh, a basketball coach at a small liberal arts college can can definitely earn enough to to provide for a family. Whereas I I've known a lot of track coaches, probably a, you know, a sadly same thing Olympic weightlifting coaches that are all just hooking and crooking to keep teaching and giving back to that sport. That they they mean you know they care about and has been good to them. So here's a question I wanted to ask you: um, as a facility co-owner yourself, and, and from the equipment side of it, interested in hearing what your thought is on where facilities are going in the next year, next ten years or so. You know, we, we talked about this a lot with Dave Tate and, and some of those guys, and we're seeing that resurgence in small type gyms. Um, Garage-type gyms, powerlifting sets, of course, CrossFit. You know, we're already seeing Reebok jump on that craze. What are you seeing coming up? Uh, it's actually a, a good point. I was kind of mulling over a, a similar question, you know, Phil, when, when preparing for this. Um, I think what you're going to see is very reflective in the way the real estate and construction market is going. Um you know, it, it, ten years ago, there was a lot of money, so people were building bigger and fancier facilities. Well, as as the economy has taken a, a hard turn down, the trends that we are seeing are um, those that don't have a lot of money are, are cutting down square footage, wanting to do more with less space, wanting product that that kind of meets that need and you know couple that with is you know just we're seeing a resurgence in um you know true lifting you know i when i started in this 12 years ago you know people were still looking for pulley you know pulley driven products you know, a lot of roman chairs <laughs> a lot, of, yeah. a lot, of, a lot of gimmicky stuff. Now I see a lot of people. They want, you know, they want bumper plates. They want platforms. They want, uh, you know, a compact multi rack. You know, I guess in some ways they're they're going back to the basics, and, and yeah. it's overall that's good. That was that was going to be my next question. I was just wondering if if the uh, you know, the, the equipment and the sales was following that shift of the garage. And you guys are seeing more and more of that going back to the basics and and less and less of the, you know, I guess, you know, machine, cable-based, pulley, this and that stuff. Well, it, it, you know, it's funny. is I, it, 
I've had mentors in sort of um, what I would call both worlds. You know, the um, the functional fitness people. You know, the the NSCA. Um, you know, they're still wanting to pump out what what's been their bread and butter for years. And so you see those those companies. You know, the 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 companies that want to provide for the biggest loser or or provide for the big high turnover health clubs, they're still focusing that direction and then looking at more of like a retail type of product or something that doesn't require a lot of education or an educated individual to train somebody on how to use it. On the other side, you know, there's there's this total body group, and for lack of a better term, you know, the people like Dan and mm-hmm. and John Godina and even Vern Gambetta, the CrossFit people, you know, they're they're looking at functional movement as it really is. You know, the taking a big weight, moving it through you know, from the ground over your head. You know, that's you know being able to you know to, to lift your ass off a toilet, you know, without without having to have uh, you know two canes to press yourself up. I mean, just basic movement. Yeah. And so I, I just see it's almost like a tension, and you either you either try to serve one or the other, or you go crazy trying to serve both. Yeah. God, you, you remind me of something. Every once in a while we do news blurbs on here at the beginning, and we didn't do those today, but I wanted to do one, and you reminded me of it with that comment. Um, <laughs> the biggest loser. I wanted to congratulate just the whole world on, you know, I heard it yesterday that Jillian Michaels is done. She's no longer on the show. <clears throat> Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> and, uh, so that, that's our news blurb for the day. But and we'll get to it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Let's talk about your day job a bit more then. You know, Gill Athletic at Powermax, um, you all jumped in the strength equipment world, what was it, a, a little over a dozen years ago from, from more of a track and field-based background. You know, your mission statement includes innovation, this and that. And, but we're talking a lot about kind of going back to the basics. Can you talk about what you guys got coming up, um, where you're headed, this and that? Yeah. Um, well, just to kind of back into that, one of the, you know, in the mid '90s, as as the company was starting to grow, um, you know, and you get into the trenches and you and you talk to, you talk to a lot of track coaches, you know, there, there were a lot of. You know, it, it's any performance-based sport. A performance-based sport is based, you know, is really dependent upon um, training for that that optimal moment, that moment of optimal performance. And you see that a lot in track and field. I mean, you know, at the high school level, you're you're training for your kids to to get through sectionals and and then you know win state. College level, you've got you've got two peaks that you're trying to hit. You know, you want to hit an indoor national and then come right back and hit an outdoor national. Yeah, you know, but the and the professional level, they they have four years. So it was a natural fit for us to provide complementary products that the market was looking for. Um, basic barbells, basic bumpers, sleds, you know, uh, belt systems file boxes, you know, because those those performance-based coaches were looking for that that type yeah. of equipment. Um, our R&D has kind of gone, um, 
in a, a lot of different directions. Um, our current, kind of the current thing is um, we are we have come to quietly to market with it, but it, it's something that's been kind of exciting is taking the, the vertical jump test, you know, and adding some, some light field technology that removes the need to hit a plastic slat like on a Vertec. Um, we're looking at uh, just updating the sleds. You know, we're finding people are now, you know, it used to be everybody just pulled a sled whether it was on a track or a football field. Well, now people are pulling sleds on the sidewalk in front of their, you know, in front of their house. Yeah. That's going to require us to do some things different, you know, to, to add some runners and, and some other things like that. Um, we're also looking at just uh, up, you know, we've, we've tried to make our entry-level weight equipment line a little more affordable, given that the school market has really tightened up. Well, we've got to go back and, and make some improvements there because it doesn't make sense just to cheapen something up if the quality is, is not going to, you know, it's not going to last a year. So yeah. we're, we're always looking to this be a, a better servant. To, to the market. Gotcha. Let's, um, it's real hard to get into anything further without um, going into the topic, so let's go ahead and take that break, and, and then we'll break into that, and I'd love to hear some of the stories you got for today. I'm looking forward to it. Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry, and on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, We'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, you can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, it's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website, and Phil will as well. Uh, there's currently one running on tnation.com about how to decide when to do more exercise versus diet when you're trying to lean out during those times of the year. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media, and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. Brace yourself while corporate America tries to sell us its wretched things. Okay, we're back. Um, again, we got Carl Geisler on the line from uh, Gill Athletic Porter, Athletic and Power Max. And, you know, we're going to talk today about um, sorting through the gimmicks and the versus the real deal in the fitness equipment industry and, and maybe, you know, training in general. So I, I know Carl has probably some great stories about, you know, just gimmicks and devices and this and that and, you know, Maybe we can all chime in on, on, on what we've seen. Maybe we've done this before, but maybe some of the worst things we've seen versus some of the best things. And uh, Keep your vulgar monies! So, I don't know, Carl, I'm going to kind of release this to you. Maybe you can tell us maybe one of the one of the most uh, appalling things you've ever seen as far as gimmicks <laughs> of <Well>, late. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, won't, I won't call out this individual um, because he's now working for a, a pretty reputable uh, company, but uh, I met with an individual a couple of weeks ago that, that was actually responsible for the national distribution of the Tony Little Gazelle. Oh, and, uh, and, and apologize. The first thing he did was apologize. So, 
Nice. Tony oh. Little. That's you know still, what? It's still around. I mean, it is. <laughs> Jesus. I, people used to say I reminded them of Tony Little when I was Holy in Holy crap, yeah. And I, no, not yeah. Yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> the gazelle. Oh, wow. Keep your vulgar monies. Dude, that guy was, that guy was like a, wasn't he like a regional NPC amateur bodybuilder at one point before he got in the car crash or something? Oh really? Oh yeah. I, I always was. sort of he he was always one of those guys that was sort of uh, sort of big but bloated. Well, you know, no, he, but it, he never looked very muscular in shape at all to me. I don't know. Well, well, first of all, he was never in shape when he was doing his things. But yes, he was actually at one time a uh, at least a higher level NPC competitor, if not national level. And, I did and, not know that. Yeah, and then what happened is I think I think he had some sort of car crash, I believe. And he was laid up for a long time, and that's kind of where he kind of got into the whole thing of uh, coming up with ways to train. So, because I have seen photos of him when he was a competitive bodybuilder, and he was quite good. Well, let's hear the story about him. Oh, like I said, I mean, it just the the gentleman that was was as he said he worked for. They had done a little bit with Body by Jake, and and then he he just went in. and He said, "Yeah, admittedly, I was at that time they were they were a retail uh, sporting goods." manufacturer and distributing company and that that was one of their flagship products and you know it come back around you know now and that was that was just a, an example you know, to us that was just an example of it that you know, a few years ago that was what everybody was looking for you know <laughs> the quick and we're still looking for quick fixes oh, yeah. we're always looking for quick fixes but that was the quick fix of a few years ago you know your your pivoting uh, clothes hanger uh, or whatever the hell that thing was. <laughs> when that's your flagship product, yeah. you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's, um, you know, it's right up there with the, uh, you know, the thigh master. I think I talked to you about that a bit. And a, a buddy of mine, that was a Suzanne Summers product. A buddy of mine somehow <coughs> caught word of it. He was in the military, and the Marines at one point bought like 50,000 thigh masters. Oh, my oh, God. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> no. They, they bought them on discount, and it was like, what the hell are they doing with thigh masters? Gee, but, uh, well, they probably like made them into weapons or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's no good. Um, well, you know, in, in, coming around to that, to the military, I know, you know, you're seeing um, GSA contracts are, mm-hmm. are have become a popular uh avenue of uh revenue for a lot of a lot of companies right now and i think trx is is probably one of the big ones that's going after uh trying to to ingratiate itself into the military and so pretty soon we'll see our america's finest with their feet suspended halfway up in the air doing a (laughs) push-up fantastic i'm I'm proud a lot to do that yeah, no, I was just gonna say I'm proudly a GSA certified business myself. So yeah, I, I like those GSA contracts. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can't speak badly about them, but uh, I'm not speaking badly to GSA. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Um, you know what? What? Gee, it's just so hard to. I mean, what do you think it is? Is it just the quick fix out there that everybody's looking for? Is that what sells? I mean, I've heard stories. Well, you know, sadly, what what I've had. I mean, and, and it's funny I mean, being able to work. Um, for a really what's still uh, uh, by the tax code a small business, 
you know, I don't just work in sales. I, I work in um, research and development. I work in uh, a little bit of, you know, material management and, and some of the other facets of our business. And we see a lot of people, what a, there's a lot of, like, good ideas and and I think you know people sort of unfortunately they buy into the American dream that you know a one hit wonder, you know that's that's their retirement. And I've seen you know and some of them are really good ideas, but it's sort of like people just over they overthink or they're they're overvaluing the the opportunity, and and passion sometimes steps in the way, um, you know. It, get a lot of people that come in and they, they've, they've created um, a, a testing device and they've already gone off and like heavenly patent the thing you know before they can they can even go to market with it and now they're they're in for ten to fifteen thousand dollars of lawyers fees and they're in over their head yeah. but it just sort of it's that it's that American dream the other side of it is um, where I think the retail you know retailers have have unfortunately changed some things up is is that you know looking for something that's heavily marketed like the Q-Ray bracelet remember that that little doohickey from yeah. a few years ago um, you know all all of us were supposed to you know slap on a Q-Ray bracelet and boy you know my my max bench was going to go up uh, you know 50 to 75 pounds um all we were doing was slapping on what I think it was like zinc, wasn't that the yeah, I can't remember zinc what magnet or something like that? Yeah. Oh, you know, I had a student last year, just last year. He's one of our students in exercise science. It's going into chiropractic. You know, I have mixed thoughts about that. I think some chiropractors are great. I think some really go off the deep end with their, uh, you know, ideas and theories. But and he was swearing that that zinc bracelet or whatever. No, I'm serious. You know, I, I when I had it on, I, the guy, you know, couldn't push me over, and he could push me over before I put it on, and I'm like, oh, God, you're an exercise <laughs> science. Well, yeah. well, Lonnie, it's just the same thing, right? That. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, it's just that that current bracelet that you still see on TV that uh, is supposed to improve your, you know, balance and all that crap, and it's just like, well, I mean, if you push somebody off their center of gravity, of course they're going to fall down. So it's a clear you know, example just, of selling yeah. to the choir, right? Yeah. People, if you, people want to believe. I mean, that's the problem. Nobody wants to make conclusions anymore. They want to base their decisions on belief or emotion. And if you really want to believe you're going to get 50 pounds on your bench or be, you know, impossible to knock over, uh, the sales guy doesn't have to really do much convincing, you know. Uh, especially with some of these hokey, very non-objective sorts of tests. So, I don't know. I was, um, and, and the Q-Ray thing that was fascinating to me, we, we were doing, they had hooked up with East Bay. And once a year or once every few months, what East Bay will do is they'll, they'll bring in uh, groups of their vendors to travel around and, and train their call center employees, and they're, they run 24/7 call centers. You know, and, and at this time, at that time, they were running them in uh, two cities, and they were running in the two-shift call center in the third. And so we travel around for three days, following around the Q-Ray guy, and and this same thing, you know, just and the same pitch that you just talked about with the the latest product. That was their that was their pitch um, ten years ago. 
you know, it would it was gonna, you know, you the test, you know, you couldn't pull it, you couldn't pull the hands apart if you were wearing. It wasn't knock them over. It was they would interlock the fingers, and you know, and as I said, if you have a little bit of an understanding of physics and mechanics, the way the interlock it would be impossible to break. But you know, it was because of the two-ray brace that was on the on the thing. So I just watched that for for like I said, three days, eight hours a day. That's what we had. You know, in the that's tough. You know, actually, Carl, I was going to ask you what advice you might have for, like, a college grad who might want to, want to get into sales. But from what you just said right there, I don't think any listener would want to get into sales and have to endure that. <laughs> oh, you know, it, it's it's good and bad. I mean, I think it's it, just like you said. It's more of it, – it's like anything. you got to take a risk, and, you, and you've, you've got to, you know, put yourself out there and, and just see it. I mean, I've had some – really bizarre days um, but I've also been blessed you know we're I got to stand on the track at the Olympic trials in 2008 you know right you know we just finished naming our 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 track and field team you know to represent the United States and here I was just kind of walking around that that facility um, I've made some awesome friends you know it, it there are some neat opportunities, and as I said, for me, it was just simply being being available and being in the right place at the right time. So, what do you do? What do you do if there's a product or there's something going on that you're expected to be part of, and you're just really not comfortable? You don't agree with it. Do you, as a salesperson, I mean, do you just shut up, kind of? I mean, or is there some compromise that you have to make emotionally, or, or what do you do? For myself, I I will walk away. Or I will just flat out just just tell somebody no this isn't this this isn't right for you or this isn't right for us and and I, I think for me I probably have made longevity in my career because of that um, you know early on you know when when overspeed training was was all that everybody needed you know they they were looking for the faster forty times. You know, to get their to get their full ride scholarships, you know, we'd have we'd have moms and dads calling in, wanting um, very expensive bungee devices, and you know, every once in a while, I'd just be like, "No, how about you just go out for track? You really want to learn how to run fast instead of buying this or going to that that overpriced speed coach? Go out for your high school track team, you know." That's me. Uh, I'm not saying that everybody does that, but I, like I said, I think part of the reason why I've had longevity. I'm just willing to be honest, and, and you're asking for my my consultation. I'll give you my I'll give you my honest opinion. Yeah. But how do we? You know, I don't know. Today, there's probably more awareness um, with the new fitness crazes and this and that of, you know, what, what is a gimmick and what's not. But still, I mean, I think as much as ever before, we see things, you know, you've got sketchers coming up with a shape up shoe with Joe Montana on it. Well, you got the shake weight, you got this and that, that, that stuff never ends. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, is there, do you want to give a basic rundown for as kind of a consumer advocate program that we, we kind of try to be with, like, how do you know it's a gimmick versus the real thing? Uh, it, first off, it has, as seen on TV, it's stamped on the box. <laughs> the, the first clue. You know, it, it's funny. I'm going to back you up there. Yeah, we we live 
we are we are definitely benefiting from um, incredible access to information. Uh, but I still question how many people really like know how to interpret and filter the information. Um, I think for me, you know, the, the, going back to when I was doing my master's, I think the best course, one of the best courses I ever took was, um, you know, an, multi-analysis you know, multi of variance statistics. And it wasn't so much learning how to do, you know, multiple regressions and all of that, but it was the professor and that person basically saying, you know, you can, you can take a statistic and you can you can cook the numbers to make it say whatever you want to say. So here we are in this in this heightened information age, and yet it's still very easy to to fool, unfortunately, to fool the masses. And so I think as a consumer advocate, you have to at least I think simplify and dumb down the information for those people that are going to come to you and and, and come to you for your advice and come to you for your consultation. Um, there, there's, unfortunately, there's a lot of BS. Well, I, I, I have a question or sort of a comment for you because I've experienced this a lot myself. Some people, when they ask you, you know, your opinions or they want consultations, I think a lot of them, they, they want you to respond in the way, in, in a certain way. They only want you to tell them what they want to hear necessarily and not what they really need to know, you know, <laughs> so type of thing. But, I would agree. I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, coming from the coaching side, that was, you know, I think the tough thing, especially when you're ever in a a scholarship discussion, that's that's what, you know, mom and dad just wanted you to hear, only wanted to hear praises for for little Sally and little Judy, Uh, not, you know, hey, here's the reality, you know, um, you, you know, you're a shot putter. You know, you need to be able to throw the shot, you know, 70 feet, um, you know, for a high school boy or, you know, 60 feet for a high school boy before, you know, you can even think about it. Well, if you're throwing 45, sorry, you know, you're just not ready to compete at that level. But you're right. You know, Carl, I, I can't help but, but see the similarities, the parallels between this and, and like dietary supplements. You know, I, there's there's exaggerations in both. You're talking about just join a track team or get proper coaching, which can be done almost for free for young people. And it's the same thing with, I think, with dietary supplements oftentimes. You know, people, they try to micromanage. They think um, a couple hundred milligrams of this or that mineral will make the difference. They're going to be freaking Dorian Yates or something. And, uh, you know, they're not even eating anything, you know. Now, now I, I am a believer. We had Joey Antonio on the show a while ago, and he was saying, you know, listen, you don't have to have a perfect diet for supplements to work or to have that in place before you try supplements. And I get that. But I, I just see so many similarities between the marketing of dietary supplements and then equipment because supplements get so much critique. But the equipment uh, side of thing, you know, I, I, I see some of the salespeople, you know, present company accepted, of course, but really – committing the same kinds of issues with the exaggerations and selling to the uh to you know preaching to the choir selling to people who want to hear something very positive you know what i mean it's just it's just kind of ego stroking or something i don't know well no it uh, sales sales are personnel 
are in the end they're you know they're motivated by the opportunity to to make a bonus to make a commission you know it, they should i mean if you're doing sales you you need to be obviously you know you you need to be passionate you need to be competitive and you need to want to do your job or you shouldn't be in this you know most most sales reps would starve so yeah, I, I would say, unfortunately, sometimes that does that does blind people. I'm guilty of that, or you know, at, at times myself, you know. So, but you're right. I mean, when you started, when you you took me down the analogy of talking even about the nutritional supplement, you know, I can see people overthink a simple barbell. Um, you know, we we you know. Myself coming out of having worked in environments where we didn't have a lot, at times I was just happy to have a bar that you know had a had a halfway decent bearing, and the knurling was not designed to take paint off the car. Um, right. Now you're seeing people. I'm seeing you know people that are they're going to lift. One time a week, or they're gonna they're gonna follow they're gonna follow a program for a little while. They're gonna get bored, but they're you know they're dropping two grand for an illegal bar. Yeah. Why? I mean, is that just because to just to stroke yourself, or you know, is that so? Right. They get excited. You know, it's the same reason I think that fitness centers do things like a one-time initiation fee. You know, you get the the guy or the lady who's totally pumped up to start something. And they know that they're going to quit, uh, you know, likelihood, right? 50% of people quit a fitness program in the first year. And why not hit them up for several hundred while they're excited, while they're pumped up? And that, that's where those one-time initiation fees come from, I think. You know, let's, let's, let's get them while they're excited or like you were saying, for the expensive bar or, and, and, you know, and that's not to take away from the idea that, listen, there are pieces of equipment and there are dietary supplements that are really staples. You know, a barbell I see is analogous to sort of protein. You know what I mean? Or dumbbells or to, to creatine or, you know, there are things that are in fact good. I'm not saying that they're not, but yeah, totally. People get pumped up and then, yeah, let's sell them on that, uh, uber expensive Olympic bar when that's really not what they need. They simply need something like, uh, you know, something economy or decent mid level something or other, probably at most. Yeah. Well, their emotions are getting the best of them, of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you see that in all things. I mean, you see the people that go out and they buy a Harley, and then they also buy the jacket, the chaps, the boots, the hat, the gloves. The and it's like, oh, good lord, you know, <laughs> they just they get excited and they buy all buy all into it. And I think I don't know the major, the resounding theme I think in the training industry and uh, as far as equipment and supplements is, you know, people go for what seems easy. You know, chicken breast and broccoli it isn't easy and fun. A supplement is. It promises this for, for no work. And, you know, most of the gimmicks do the same. It's it's not, wow, this is hard work. It's here, just take this shake weight and bounce it around for a little bit and you'll be jacked. You know, um, off. Yeah. <laughs> a barbell. I mean, I don't care. I didn't say that. That was <laughs> It was too perfect. That was Lottie. Uh, all right, all right. I'll bleep it or something. Yeah, oh, a barbell, no matter yeah. how you look at it, screams hard work. You know, and, and people don't, the average person doesn't want that. They, they want everything for nothing. Well, you know what, uh, what the, the kind of the, the counter trend, and I know the one that, that I'm kind of, yeah, partly because I'm part of it though, you know, the, the converse of that is this 
and I don't mean to steal from Zach Evenish, but it's kind of the, to me, the, the nice descriptor is this underground strength movement. Yeah. The, the, the community gym. Yeah. It's not located in a nice, pretty shopping center, you know, where you're, <laughs> you see them in people's garages or you see them in an industrial park and you, you know, it's, or, you know, in, in, wherever people can open up, but, you know, it's, it, it's a group of people that have committed themselves to doing this together and whatever that activity is, but they're committing to it and, and they do have a, a community about it. And you know, you're seeing some dedication and some investment. That, to me, is, is a good trend. Yeah. Where, where that, that makes sense. Um, no, and I think we're seeing more and more of that. I mean, that's that's what I'm working on myself here, um, you know, kind of building a training mecca type place and building that community. And, you know, I think you're right. I think that is the good thing. And maybe that's, you know, that's what's bringing, bringing a lot of this, this easy stuff, not easy stuff, the, the, the right stuff to light, if you will, you know. Um, uh, you know. Over the past five years, I've trained, like, Three people over the age of 65 from from doing nothing to, hey, get off the couch and, and let's go do a powerlifting meet. And it's amazing how empowered they get. And and if you just get people to try it, it's 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 a blessing in disguise to them. And it empowers the rest of their life. But. Well, and that, that's kind of the story of our, I mean, our little box really, I mean, it started off with, um, you know, my partner bumping into me at a, a local mass market gym kind of recognizing some of the stuff that I was doing and he just turned around and said hey you know my church is allowing me to start this club and you know it started off as like five or six of us and a few months later you know after we set up everything and you know he did a lot of the work I, I won't take that much credit all of a sudden we started having 10 or 15 people show up and that's when we were like you know, both just kind of said, we got to do something just for insurance purposes. Um, you know, now in the space that we're having, you know, we're only 1,800 square feet. We've got over 70 people coming through, and they keep coming back. You know, we don't have, you know, just like you said, Phil, you kind of get those, you see that fire go, and, and just people get hooked, and, you know, they, they, they want to be a part of the team. Wouldn't you say maybe I didn't even think about this until now? I mean, one of my things I've told with people when I'm coming back here is, you know, maybe maybe a way to, to filter the gimmick in not even the equipment, but let's say the training field is, you know, the first thing I tell people is I'm in a town of 180,000 people or whatever it is. And, you know, and they know about a facility that, that I'm working on. And they're like, well, how are you going to compete against, you know, this club, that club? And it's like, I don't. I don't want to. You know, there's 200,000 people here. I just want 100 of them. That's it. I want the right 100, and I want to help them. And I think maybe, you know, I guess the gimmicks out there are always looking to sell, you know, 20 million pieces of the, the shake weight or this and that, whereas, you know, generally the real coach, the real the real teacher, the, the real piece of equipment, you know, you, you just need the one. <laughs> you know? I, I don't know. Maybe that's uh, I'm off the ball there, but it just kind of uh, no. It, it seems like this a... is kind of my philosophy. Really, is I want to provide quality tools to to individuals that know what they want to do with them. 
Okay. You, you may need, you, okay, we may do some things, um, you know, occasionally we may do some things more because we've had some access to technology. Um, you know, I've got a, I've got a brilliant young lady that, that is, you know, um, coordinates a lot of our R&D for PowerMax and, you know, I know she's got some ideas percolating up there. So we may still do something that maybe doesn't quite fit X, Y, Z on top. But if we sit down and talk to you about it and suddenly you see where that tool can insert into your programming and you'll use it more than once and it won't just gather dust, then I did something good. Yeah. What, what I don't, yeah, I agree with you. What I have an issue with are, you know, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this whole battling rope craze because, yeah, right now you're seeing everybody and their cousin snapping ropes left and right. But what are we going to be doing a year from now? I'm not convinced that it's going to be. I think it's just it's right now it's kind of a hot thing. It's gotten some, some publicity. But are we going to be doing that in our routine programming a yeah. year from now, two years from now? I'm not convinced. Well, and do such things deserve a certification? You know, you're seeing that. Um, <laughs> you know, and we're not talking low-dollar certifications. I mean, you're seeing, for God's sake, there was a guy, like, certifying people in Atlas Stones. And it was like, oh, it's a, it's a freaking rock, man. You just pick it up. Oh, don't even get me started. I think education, quote unquote, is one of the new scam markets. You know, all these certificates, people. I mean, let's face it. I've always joked about this, but we can sit around and certify each other in quantum physics. But at some point, you got to get a real quantum uh, physics guy to come in here and know what he's doing. You know what I mean? And what I see is a lot of these certificates, they don't have any you know, sort of high-level, legitimate people to help guide them because, unfortunately, those are the people who would be more responsible. They'd make the right choices. You know what I mean? It's it's usually the excited, personal trainer-level uh, kind of person. And not to say there's not good ones. There sure are. But, you know, then they, oh, I know. I'll create a new certificate. And it's completely financially driven instead of, you know, with the uh, sort of the, the client in mind. So, I, yeah, education is definitely the new scam market. I can't stand it. Well, yeah, it sucks. To jump on that too, I mean, you know, that's what, what's always to me scary was. I mean, you know, if you really look at the original intent of coaching education programs, it wasn't about necessarily getting a certificate. It was, you know, let's put let's put our particular activities coaches on a common language and, and understanding platform. So we can share ideas and improve our activity. That's definitely not what's going on in a lot of these certification yeah. programs. You know, yeah, yeah. Standardization, I think, was the original idea, and it's become so corporate. Yeah, yeah. Well, it just kind of goes back to, I mean, how many more certifications or even products? I mean, do we really need all those types of things? I don't know. Yeah, people, people want a gimmick. They want something new, yeah. even if you know. I don't. I don't see why you can't find ways to get motivated with the you know the Olympic bar. Yeah. Um, God even, knows there's yeah. or even so like many ways to use it. Yeah, or even like a TRX and take it with. You. I mean, I think that's a pretty good product for those that you know need it or, or, or use it, depending on what their workout schedule is. But you know, 
you know, Carl, I kind of wanted to ask you too. I mean, what do you think about a lot of these celebrity endorsed products? I mean, Phil, you kind of mentioned that that Suzanne Summers character a few minutes ago, and I don't know if I don't know if anybody saw this, but there was a 2020 episode this past Friday about all these exercise gimmicks and products, and you know, they interviewed um, individuals that were promoting these products, and you know, they tracked one this, this one lady down and. You know, she was like, well, yeah, you know, exercise, you know, three minutes a day. And, you know, she claims to have lost like 80 freaking pounds and on this three minute plan and crap. And, you know, when and, and when you ask them just basic, simple questions, I mean, they just, um, you know, defer off in some other you know type of direction. I mean, they're right, like, like a they're, politician. They're, exactly. I mean, they most of them really know that these products just don't really, you know, work. Or if they do, they're, they've already been doing you know, other types of train or train hard and, and, and eating right along with that product. Most of them probably don't even use the products to be quite. I think sometimes we take for granted what we know. I mean, when you look at something like one of those, you guys have seen those steppers that are basically two little pedals, you know, that's not even a gazelle, you know, it's even, it, it's just two little pedals that go back, like plantar and dorsiflexion with your feet. Well, there's some big muscle groups you're using, right? I mean, boy, that must burn a lot of calories. Not. Yeah. So, yeah, and people just don't know. They don't even have sort of the basic tools to make those kinds of choices. And then what they do is that they'll, they'll say, well, yeah, this is backed by, uh, you know, university research or, you know, study. And, I mean, come on. It's basically well, them, the, you know, marketers just creating some type of Excel graph or something like that to make it appear that, uh, you know, their product is um, excelling right. type of thing. Purposely misleading. Yeah, like Carl exactly. said, statistics, Absolutely. I mean – you know, what people don't think about stuff, like if you say 200% more effective fat burner, well, maybe that person lost two pounds in a year instead of one. Well, that's a 200% better fat burner, but it's <laughs> biologically irrelevant. You right. know what I mean? And, and so, yeah, and you can do that even worse with statistics and graphs, like you guys are saying. So, yeah, m- misleading. I know a PhD who had to appear in court to defend a company, uh, and the judge actually said, well, it's true that your numbers aren't false, but they are certainly misleading. And I think people need to understand the difference. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, I wanted to come back around because that, that there are, I've seen products where somebody has attached a quote-unquote university study, and that alone, you know, is concerning that quote-unquote some of these level one you know, these highly regarded research institutions would, would even involve themselves in some of these studies. You know, because in, the, in this particular product's case, you know, a individual that believed he had some celebrity um, approached us about picking up uh, it was basically a rubber band product that you would strap to your waist and then uh, to one of your extremities. And his supporting study was was you know, very pretty reputable I won't I won't name the institution but it's a it's an East Coast school very you know pretty well known uh, university out on out out in Pennsylvania and you know he, he was like oh it's, it's research based it's great you guys got to carry the product well the study group was 18 um, fairly active uh, college sophomores you know and and i think it was if, if i remember right the the time frame of the study was was maybe 28 days and they wore this 
elastic product and didn't state what else they did. They said they, they followed normal activity. Well, they, they showed a dramatic increase in their, you know, their performance after 28 days. And I'm just like, you're going to call this a robust study and you, you've hung your hat on this and you've gone into all this product? I'm like, you almost need to go back and sue the people that ran your, ran your research for you. It's the same thing that people watch the evening news. The evening news reporters, they jump right to the results and nobody wants to hear about the methods, but that's exactly like what you're saying is, you know, what was the methodology? What did they do? How were the comparisons made? What equipment did they use to measure it? What kinds of subjects from what population? These are the key questions, and that's not what you get, right? The evening news just leads people straight to the results and conclusions, makes conclusions for them, and nobody asks questions about the re- the uh, the methods in order to figure out if this is this is valid or not, you know. Well, at least sometimes they bring on like PhDs or, or, or MDs to kind of, and they'll, and they'll talk about that, elaborate on that specific section a little bit more, which is good, you know, so at least they get, um, they don't, no one is being misleaded. Yeah, and let's face it, advanced degree is not uh, something that's going to guarantee right. ethics either. I mean, how many doctors, MDs, and PhDs have you seen holding up bottles and smiling or, you know, on some hokey piece of equipment on an infomercial? Yeah, the clipboards. So, yeah. Yeah, so you, yeah, the clipboards. Rob and I used to laugh about that. That's sort of the supplement company well, thing, he, isn't he it? Forgot the white hey, muscle, text made a, yeah. muscle text made a career out of that. Carl's right, lab coats. Yep. You, see, lab you actually coat, see well, yeah. these hyper-tan fitness bunnies in lab coats with a bikini underneath. I got a picture on my hard drive. I'm like, but you can't have both. Well, I mean, you could have both, but, you know, they're not both. <laughs> Let's cover all the bases. Yeah. I think that's what we need to do. We'll get, we'll get Phil and Robin in bikinis and John. We'll get bikinis on you guys. Uh, yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I look hey, really wait, good. Um, if you would add Dan John to that, that would just yeah. make a, a very – painfully scary image <laughs> <laughs> well no, this has been good stuff Let, let's you know wrap things up and carl i thank you for coming on i, I think maybe the resounding theme is i guess um in all of this if it, if it, if it seems too good to be true of course it probably is you know, so and pretty uh, much avoid anything that's being sold infomercial wise on tv yeah, and I think oh, I think the other good point is it's one Lonnie always talks about in, in in nutrition. I've heard him talk about it several times is that like, you know, we're not against everything new, but you know, your foundation like it should be in nutrition should be the basics. Your foundation in training should be the, the basics. Yeah, you know? don't have to be an ass, right? But, then, you know, people need to realize skepticism doesn't sell. Yeah. I mean, when you're skeptical, that doesn't sell. But a little bit of healthy skepticism keeps you from being overly credulous and gullible and getting taken advantage of. Just ask questions, you know, about the methods and how they, how do they came to their conclusions. I don't well, know. no one really knows how to ask these questions or really, or even really like the right types of questions. They'll just be like, you know, what I can do for this, and just. Yeah. Well, I think one question that consumers could ask is of someone like Carl, like, do you have any degrees in this? You know. Um, because that alone would at least help, mm-hmm. let, you know, the person understand that the salesperson that's that's offering them the product is, uh, you know, understands it and is yeah. legit. So, well, you know, it, it, you know, the one thing, and is a lot of the really, if you look at it, a lot of the providers to this, you know, our world, uh, you know. The, the true fitness equipment providers, the true weightlifting equipment providers, you know, thankfully, a lot of them in the United States are 
they're small businesses. Yeah. They're not. They're not necessarily the, the good ones. A lot of them are, are really run by by passionate, um, for the most part, ethical, humble owners. So you can't. You get a chance to probably interact with them a little bit more intimately than you do. Um, you know your your Sears and Roebuck big box supplier. So I think at least then you know if you're if you really do want to do something, you've got a chance to interact with somebody that that because they're a small business, there's more on the line uh, if they are necessarily unethical or un, uneducated in in what they're providing to you. You know so you know some. Like I said, a lot of the companies we compete against, you know, they're they're no bigger than us. You know, some of them are actually quite small, yeah. and so, you know, it, at least I think as a, at the consumer level, you know, if you find those type of companies, you do have a better chance of being treated uh, with dignity and and with respect. Well, it's been fun, guys. Right on. Sweet. The hour went so fast. I know. I know. It flew by. So. I have, well, to, thanks, I have to get back to my uh, shaker weight workout here. Also, yeah. <clears throat> Let me know when you're done with it. <laughs> yeah. I got my thigh master going right now, gentlemen. I got, I got the ab circle right next to me. So. <laughs> I'm getting certified in kettlebells because uh, by some guy who's a world champion kettlebell guy. I don't know what that means, but. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Until next week. Thanks. Thanks again to Carl. Absolutely. Thank you, gentlemen. I really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thank you. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org uh, store. Uh, we also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. So thank you to those who have done it. Uh, our mug drive, where we're giving away some thank you mugs, almost over at this point. We have just a handful left. And uh, those of you who have already supported us with a $4 a month recurring donation, your mugs are on the way. Again, thank you 50 times. And in the future, we'll try other promotions as well. Thanks. And we'd like to also announce that with our 100th episode, we're going to offer that caption contest on our Facebook uh, listeners page. So go to Facebook, type in Iron Radio, look at the pictures of Phil and Rob. We're going to have a picture of each of these guys and caption the photo. It should be fun. So again, go to Facebook, Iron Radio listeners page and tell us what Rob and Phil are doing, at least in your head. Should be fun, and you'll win a prize if we choose you as the funniest caption. Thanks. For the best sports nutrition information on the planet, make plans to attend the 8th Annual ISSN Conference and Expo, June 23rd to 25th, 2011, at the Westin Las Vegas Hotel, Casino, and Spa. We'll have the latest on creatine, beta-alanine, protein, nutrient timing, and much, much more. So... For more information, go to www.vissn.org. The Iron Radio Podcast 
and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.